Good morning. No, 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 no. Nice try. Come on. Act like you've been cooped up in your house for three months. Good morning. Could God have given us a more beautiful day? Would it even have been possible? I mean, my goodness, this is perfect. I can't wait to tell you all about that later. I don't know if you realize this, but welcome home. We're so glad that you're able to be here. Um, this is a tremendous day in the life, not just of our church, but of churches all across the world, honestly, as they begin to reopen and do something unprecedented in the history of the world. You realize this is the longest period of time in the world's history since Christ came where the church hasn't gathered together since the moment the church began. Um, and it's been this really weird, crazy thing. And I think maybe, just maybe, God's trying to teach us something. I really do. I think he's given us a chance to kind of start anew, to begin afresh, to just kind of regroup, rethink who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to love him, how we're supposed to love others. And so uh, that's going to be our focus for a, a long time um, into this, this, this future gathering. Um, one of the things that I really want you to think about, I really want you to think about as you begin worshiping today, is this idea of recommitting to loving God first and foremost, to serving God and to loving others, to being a part of the family of God as we're supposed to gather. We're supposed to never give up gathering together. That's in God's word. It's very clear in the book of Hebrews that that's something we're supposed to hold tight to and long for and make a commitment for us and our families to recommit to the church, being scattered throughout the community through the week as we reach out with the love of Christ to those that don't know him yet. And man, if you're paying any attention at all, then you know. This world needs the love of Jesus right now, does it not? My goodness. Guys, our church, the, the church's mission, the gospel mission, is, is too important. And if you haven't figured it out yet, time is short. You just lost three months of your life. Time is short. We don't have a lot left on this planet. And then his love is too great for us and for this dying world for us to simply continue on in the way things have always been. We have to put our faith into action. Whatever God has used to teach you during this pandemic, whatever it is he's taught you during this time together, I believe he has reminded us, the church, that our calling is too great, our time is too short, and his love is too great for this lost and dying world that we, we just cannot keep doing things the way we've always done them. We just can't. It's, it's too important. And as I said a moment ago, we're going to take a moment and pray. Uh, I, I don't think, um, I, I mean, you say whatever you want. When man is given the option to choose good or evil, man always chooses evil. Look around. When we're given freedom to do whatever we want, we choose evil. It's, it's the story of our history from the beginning of time. And we're seeing that played out across our entire country right now. And it's, it's just so sad. It's so sad to see there's so many hurting people out there that don't know right from wrong. They just don't. And they always turn toward wrong. And we have a message to share with them. Let's pray. Father God, we want to pray, first of all, a prayer of thanksgiving for you allowing us to come together on this day. Uh, this day is an incredible, incredible day in the life of the church. And if folks don't know that, they will here in a moment. But, but Father, we want to lift up humanity as a whole. Father, whatever has gone on with this pandemic, the rights, the wrongs, the goods, the bads, whether it should have, should, whatever, that's all history now. All we have is, is moving forward. All we have is our future with you and the freedom that we have in Christ to go 
and to share your love with others. Father, in our country right now, specifically, as just chaos is still looming around every corner, and whereas we folks all the way out in Brazil, Indiana, used to be untouched by such things, it was just a big, large city thing, it's happening in Terre Haute, 20 minutes away. It's everywhere around us, and if we don't notice that, and we don't take that to heart, and we don't start reaching out with the love of Christ to everyone we know, Father, we're missing out. We're not really who you called us to be unless we step up and start doing that. Father, be with those people right now that are lost, those that are confused, those that don't seem to know right from wrong. Father, may you somehow plant something, someone, someone's words in their way so that they interact with you for the first time maybe in their lives. Father, we're grateful for you and your son and the sacrifice you made for us that allows us to gather in your name on this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so first of all, just so you know, um, we are actually live streaming right now. Live, by live I mean if you're watching online somehow, some way at home, every time the wind blows here, our Wi-Fi signal goes that way. So um, it, it kind of it comes in and out, and so, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. So we apologize if you're streaming at home. Uh, we're recording it too, so we'll, we'll upload it and, and stuff later, so don't, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get it to you, we promise. Uh, it'll just not, not come in the, the perfect form. Um, I wanted to start this morning just by thanking folks uh, for uh, uh, joining us online. You wouldn't believe the number of views that, that things had. I mean, it was incredible. Uh, you guys did such a good job of watching and spreading the word, whether you watch on Sunday morning or you watch other times. Um, and I wanted to share something super cool with you. If you didn't know, most of what we were doing uh, was with uh, borrowed equipment. Um, it was somebody else's or it was kind of um, jerry-rigged together. Um, we, we made it work uh, is, is what we're able to do. And I got an email about a month and a half ago now from an organization in Indianapolis called the Center for Congregations. If you want to look them up and send them a thank you email, you should. Um, and they give out, they, they do all kinds of training and workshops and, and stuff throughout the, the year, but uh, they also do grants and things to churches for all kinds of purposes. Well, they, they sent out an email about a month and a half ago and said, hey, um, we want to try to help um, some churches with this whole live streaming thing and internet stuff because we know a lot of small churches, it was just Indiana churches, don't have the, the abilities to do those things or the equipment to do it. So they were upping up to, offering up to a $5,000 grant for churches to purchase equipment and things like that uh, to be able to, uh, to live stream. And uh, last week, um, actually the end of the week before that, uh, we got approved for said grant. And so uh, we have, yeah, we've begun purchasing all that equipment because we don't want one of our big, big deals. And I said this last week, but one of the big things we wanted to do was when we do gather together, we know, we know there's some people that won't be able to join us yet um, because a lot of different reasons and we don't want to gather without them. And so we want to make it possible for them to join us live, whether at home or here. And I'll, I'll talk about that at the end of the service today. And so uh, we've, we've got a new camera, we've got a new computer. Uh, the other two elements, uh, well actually the camera's on back order too, so it'll be a little bit before all the pieces are in place, but uh, it is an incredible gift and blessing to our church um, and other churches all across the state to receive that grant. And so we are really, really excited. I also wanted to thank um, all of our musicians and singers um, who also put together music. If you didn't notice, uh, as we uh, put those services together, that was our people, um, not others. 
And uh, we even had some people recording here, music and recording here, vocals and doing all kinds of fun stuff. And my daughter Kaylee put all the videos together with all the lyrics and everything on it. So, uh, so grateful for those help. Uh, Seth, uh, Pasfield and myself have spent lots and lots and lots of hours together over this quarantine part, um, putting everything together, getting it all to work um, for, for all of you. And so we're just so grateful for everybody that, that participated and helped out in that process. But man, Am I glad to not be still doing that on Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, this morning, making sure everything was ready to go? I'm, I like live in person way better. It's honestly way easier. It really, really is. Um, I, I promise that. Uh, I wanted to update you on something else as well. Um, as we move forward, um, 10 o'clock service is what we're going with next Sunday, 10 o'clock as well. And I think most of you got the message that McKenna sent out yesterday. Um, we're going to wait and, and opening the children's department full steam ahead until the first Sunday of July. Okay, so what we're going to do is how many of you old school went to a church where at some point in time in the service, some pastor might have been a senior minister called all the kids up to the front of the stage and uh, you did a little children's time. Well, guess what we're going to do for the next few weeks? Yeah. We're going old school, just a little bit, just a little bit, just for fun. Um, and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna do that at the very beginning. So we're gonna have a worship song. We'll have McKenna come up. Um, she's gonna bring the kids up and then also send them back with something. Yes, to do then the rest of the service. Plus, we'll have a couple more songs after that for them to kind of get a little more back. We don't have to, don't worry about them being quiet or anything like that, don't care. It'll be perfect. Um, she's not here today, and, and honestly, her attendance might or might not happen. If you don't know, if you haven't seen uh, emails, things like that, uh, Jason's stepfather, um, who's been here a couple times um, with, with the family visiting, uh, has terminal brain cancer and is, is in the final phases of that and not doing well at all. So they, uh, Jason was able to get off from his job here and obviously we, we freely sent McKenna to go with him as well to help with the family, uh, to help with really honestly these, these, these preparations um, and just to be a, an extra body around the house to help out. And so if she's able to be back over here, she will. Uh, but uh, last night I, I didn't get a text from her until after 11, 1130. And uh, it, it things are probably nearing uh, that, that, that time. So just be in prayer for that family and, and everybody involved and, and all the kids and, and stuff. It's a, a trying time for sure for them. So if you wondered where she is, that is, that is where she is today. All right? Let's open in prayer before we jump in to God's word today. Father God, oh my goodness, what a beautiful day you've given us. Uh, we began praying for this a uh, month ago at this point, that you would make this day the day to regather in this way outside in your creation, just enjoying the beautiful weather. And man, did you deliver as you always do. Father, we love you and we thank you for your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to go ahead, if you've got your Bible or your phone, go ahead and open it up today because you're going to get to read along with me quite a bit. We're pausing the book of James just for a week, just for a week. We'll get back to that later um, for today because today, I believe, was a call upon the, the hearts of the leadership of this church, a call for us to all come together on this specific day. Now, for some of you, you probably know why because you probably know what today is. But for many of you probably don't because it's not really something we talk a whole lot about any longer, all right? So I'm gonna dive right in here. From the moment we began considering and debating what day might possibly be the best, God knew we would choose today. I truly believe. And if you didn't know, today is an, an incredibly special day in the life of the Big C Church. If you are not aware, today is approximately 50 days from the day which Jesus resurrected from the grave. Today, 50 days ago, we celebrated Easter together, Easter Sunday at home. Today is the day we call Pentecost. 
Today is the day that the church was born into creation. Today is the day that the Holy Spirit descended upon this earth for the first time ever to inhabit, inhabit the hearts and lives of his people. It's an incredibly special day in the life of the church and definitely in our life here at Berea. God has brought us together today to begin anew as the family of God here at Berea. And I don't think there is any better way to recognize that than through the remembering of this day in the life of the church that God put together. God birthed this church in such an incredible way on that day. And here's the crazy thing. I don't think God changes. As a matter of fact, I know God does not change because he said, I, the Lord God, do not change. <laughs> it's not a question. It's a reality. So because of that, I believe God still seeks revival among his people to this very day. The same Holy Spirit that descended on that day into that mass of people, first into the hearts of the disciples, is the same Holy Spirit that's present with us here today in our lives. His power is just as great. His presence is just as real. The only question is, will you allow that spirit to take over your life beginning today? Will we allow his spirit to take over this church beginning today? So let's go back. 50 days ago, we were celebrating Easter at home. It was an odd Easter, wasn't it? Has this just been weird for anyone else but me? I mean, it, it just seems weird, like uh, hate it, love it, what, but there's just an element of just weird, like every day is weird, you don't know what day of the week it is, you don't know what day of the month, it, you probably don't even know what month it is. My son, two days ago, I said, hey, Corey, your birthday is Wednesday. What? My birthday? I mean, last year he had a countdown, he had no idea even what the day of the week is. It is just a reality. We're in this weird existence right now that we're slowly coming out of. 50, day, 50 days ago, Jesus first met with his disciples on that resurrection Sunday. He met with various other people all over the place. He, he met with individuals. He met with groups. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that there was a time, a moment, where Jesus met with 500 believers after the resurrection. Imagine that. Imagine being gathered with 499 of your closest friends and in shows dead Jesus. Just comes in and, oh, hi guys, how are you? What would that have been like in that moment if you hadn't, or maybe, well, they'd all just heard the news. Very few of them had ever seen him yet. And there he was right there with them. Could you imagine being part of that moment with them? But then all of a sudden, 40 days later, it came to a screeching halt. And Luke records this best for us in Acts chapter one, beginning in verse three. It says, after his suffering, he, Jesus, presented himself to them many, many convincing proofs that he was in fact alive. He appeared to them for 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, he was eating with them. He gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. But wait for the gift the Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are at you at this time, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, hey, 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 it's not for you to know the time 
or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were intently looking into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus that has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now, I want you to imagine this. Jesus has been taken away from them once through that painful execution. Over a period of 40 days, he's been with them now off and on, teaching all kinds of incredible things, restoring Peter. Jesus is now going to return to his Father in heaven. And the disciples do not, as usual, fully understand what is taking place. They ask Jesus a great question. Jesus, is this the time? Right now, is this when you're going to come back, you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Remember, they still thought it was about Israel. They still didn't grasp this worldwide concept yet. Is it time? Will you now be king? The question wasn't a bad one. And Jesus didn't rebuke them. He didn't scold them. He just said, hey, guys, you're kind of focused on the wrong thing. You're focused on this issue of time, don't be, don't be, don't worry about that at all. Their desire was for this to take place right now, for everything to be brought to completion right now. <laughs> Is that not the human way of thinking? Over the last three months, how many of you have prayed to God, God, will you please end this right now? <laughs> I don't want to wait any longer. Not your time, God, my time. I want this over right now. It's just who we are. It's what we do. And Jesus' answer to them was, okay, hey guys, don't worry about the timing. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. Instead, I have something incredible in store for you. It's literally going to blow your mind. It's going to change your life forever. It's indescribable. As a matter of fact, guys, it's actually something better than me standing with you right now here. Now, they may or may not have remembered in the moment, but John records earlier in Jesus' ministry in chapter 16, Jesus' words where he told them, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into the truth. And so they're standing there wondering, Jesus, how could anything possibly be better than your physical presence in our lives? Us being right here with you, listening to you, seeing miracles performed, etc., etc. And I will confess, in all of eternity, there will be nothing better than being in the presence of Jesus for all eternity. No, that is absolutely true. But in the meantime, while here on this earth, the presence of Jesus was second best. They just didn't understand it. Because now they're replacing the presence of Jesus with now the dwelling of Jesus' spirit within them. It's not limited to space. It's not limited to distance. As the spirit is now residing within whoever believes in Jesus, the spirit is here to guide us, to direct us, to help us through every single thing that life could ever throw at us. But for the disciples, nothing could be better than hanging out with Jesus, right? Learning from him. And you could imagine their disappointment his actions right in front of their eyes as they would see him perform these miracles. They couldn't imagine the day when they would be the ones performing the miracles, could they? There's no way. 
Jesus promised them something greater. And then he adds to that something greater and he gives them a very specific new call on their life. This is the first time Jesus had ever spoken these words to these men. He says in Luke chapter, or in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he reminds them, you will receive power when the spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And they're like, yeah, absolutely, Jesus. We will represent you in Jerusalem. That's awesome. Thank you. And then he continued, in Judea, okay, we can go there. We'll get outside of Jerusalem a little bit and share. That's good. And, and then he said, Samaria. Wait, now, wait a minute, Jesus. Now, we've been there with you that one time, that one lady, that one thing. Okay, maybe they'll accept us again. We can do that. And then he adds and adds ultimately the ends of the earth. And you know, they're standing there going, now, Jesus, how could we do that? In Jerusalem, we're comfortable with this. Our hometown, we got this. Judea, okay, we can handle it. Samaria, you're taking us there, but uh, the ends of the earth, Jesus. Now, wait a minute. I, I can't do that. I don't, I don't know. How could we ever do that without you, Jesus? <laughs> they just figured it out. They can't, and neither can we. We can't do it without Jesus either. But Jesus, you're leaving. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but someone's coming. But someone's coming. He told them, do not leave Jerusalem. But wait, but wait. <laughs> Are those hard words for anybody else here besides me? Just wait. <laughs> I don't want to wait. We want it now. Could you imagine those 10 days where they were waiting? What were they waiting for? They don't know. They don't have a clue what they're waiting for. Nothing like this has ever existed on the face of the earth before. They have no idea. The only clue they had was when they were standing on the mountain watching Jesus leave, the two guys in white said, hey, you're gonna see him come back in the same way. That was it. So the only thing I could imagine these men waiting for was probably looking out the window going, okay, is he, is he coming, is he coming, is he coming, is he coming? Because they knew nothing else. That was the only instruction they had was to go and wait. And that guy said he was coming back that way. So like, okay, we'll wait for him to come back that way. It was mysterious. It was crazy. It was incredible. It was something powerful, but they didn't know what it was yet. What is the spirit of God? They, they didn't know. They hadn't experienced it. So how were they able to describe it? What would they know? How would they know? Jesus didn't tell them. Oh, you'll know. Oh, you'll know. He didn't tell them how. He didn't tell them how. For 10 days, they wondered, how would we possibly be his witness? They didn't have any answers. And that brings us to today. And I love the first line of Acts chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. How fitting, is it not? When the day of Pentecost came, we are all together in one place. Yet again, I told you, I believe it was God's divine will that we meet on this day. Look at the weather. It couldn't have been more perfect. He was planning this. It was up to us to have faith to say, yes, God, we will plan it. Yes, God, we will show up. Yes, God, we will be there. Yes, God, you will make it work out for your good. We just must trust and obey you. Today, we're all gathered together in one place, starting anew as a body of believers. We are seeking God to come and take over our lives, come to take over our church. This is a powerful moment. 
in the life of Berea Christian Church. I hope that you feel the same way. And then, and then the fun begins, if you will, for the disciples. In verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Do you think they figured out real quickly what was about to happen? They still didn't understand it, but they figured out it's time. It's time. Now they were staying in Jerusalem. They were staying in Jerusalem. God fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They were back in town. When they heard this sound, this rushing wind, the crowd came together in bewilderment. They were confused because each one now heard the disciples in their own language. They were amazed. They asked, aren't all of these men speaking Galileans? How is it then that each of us, us hears them in our native tongues? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Cretans and Arabs, what on earth? They all heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own language. Amazed and perplexed, they looked at one another and asked, what? does this mean these people didn't know jesus yet they were god-fearing jews most of them but they didn't have a relationship with christ and then of course as always there's doubters the doubters are looking around like are these guys wasted or what what is going on it's true it's a unique description but it's exactly that tells you the truth of our scriptures doesn't it why would you put that in there if it wasn't true? Like, that, you, wouldn't, you would edit that part out somewhere in all of history, right? If that wasn't purposeful in the word of God. But in a sense, were they intoxicated? Yeah. As a matter of fact, they were with his spirit. It's not a bad thing. Listen to this. When God reveals himself in his natures as one and in his actions three, Pentecost penetrates the depths of of a man's heart. His soul is inflamed and he becomes inebriated with light and with life. We're overtaken by it. It is as though he were going beyond his own limits, leaving his old earthly place, his old earthly city and entering this new land of God. And for the first time, they touch the frontier of Christianity. Many of you might remember that from your conversion. He is aware that the nature now of God's kingdom and at that same moment, in which you discover or rather beginning living in the experience of the unity of God and the Trinity of God living now within you, you discover and live the unity of your own human existence. You don't need to ask yourself any longer who you are. You know it, you see it, and now you begin to live it because the Spirit of God is living in you. God in us. It's literally what we're talking about. The disciples first experienced this at Pentecost. Remember, the Spirit is the same today as it was on that day in history. It's up to us, have we experienced Him in that same way? Peter's call to the crowd hasn't changed in the last 2,000 years. His words ring as true today as they were that moment that He spoke them. And I thought it would be great to share with all of us, unite us once again in that original first time ever gospel call. Think about 
the words of Peter on that day translated miraculously into all those languages. Think about how many languages the words of Peter have now been translated into and carried across the whole globe. It's an incredible thing. And if you ever wonder, man, how is that possible? The Spirit doesn't work like that anymore. He doesn't translate God's word into all of our hearts that way. He doesn't. That's funny because the funniest thing happens whenever God's word is preached, inevitably people will talk to me or others after the service and say, you know what? That passage spoke to me and where I'm at in life. And oftentimes it has absolutely nothing to do with what the message was about. You see, because God's word is still taken and when it's presented to you, his spirit can move inside of you and he can translate that into whatever he needs you to hear. It's incredible. The spirit still does the exact same thing today that he did then and it's no less miraculous than it was in that day. Don't ever doubt the power of the spirit of God in us, through us, around us. Man, he's just as real today. So today, as you hear these words of Peter, listen with ears for what the Spirit is saying to you today. So then Peter stood up with the 11. He raised his voice to the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Yeah, it's a joke. He's telling them a joke. Hey, they're not, it's only not, what are you talking about? No, this was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a great spot for an amen, is it not? Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, church. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God, God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of sin and death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Amen? Amen. David said this about him. Remember, he's talking to a bunch of Jews. He's got to bring in the Old Testament. He's got to bring in their greatest king in the history of all of Israel, King David. They know the Psalms. They know David's words. David said, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of this life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, Peter says, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David, he's dead and he's buried and we can all walk over to his tomb if we want. But he was a prophet and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants, one of David's descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not, to, not abandoned to the realm of, realm of death, nor did his body see decay. 
God has raised this Jesus and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit has poured out on what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven and yet he has said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They have just now put everything together. This Jesus that you crucified, there were people there that day that were at that crucifixion yelling, crucify him in that very moment. And this message, they just, it, the Holy Spirit has filled this place and has opened their heart and is convicting them of their sin as Jesus promised them it would do. And they don't know what to do. There was weeping, there was wailing, there was crying out to God and they are begging. This wasn't a casual, so what do we do? This was a desperation, a cry from the heart. What do we do, Peter? What do we do with this? How we, should we be killed? Where are we, is there any hope for us now? To which Peter, of course, replies with those famous words. What must you do? <laughs> I got this one. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Come now to the altar and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you will be forgiven of your sins that are convicting you right now. The promise is for you and it's for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. Luke didn't record everything that happened that day. I wish he would have. I really do. He goes on and says with many other words, he warned them. He warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Could we repeat that line today? Save yourself, come to Jesus. He's the one that saves you, but you have to make the choice from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted this message and were baptized were about 3,000 in number that day. Unfortunately, Peter did not have a 100% conversion rate. There was a lot more than 3,000 people listening that day. But 3,000 is a pretty impressive start to the church, is it not? And imagine how those 3,000 spread that word. You see, Pentecost isn't about a calendar event at all. It's the moment that kick-started our faith as we know it and as we are supposed to experience it. It changed the course of the world and for every single believer since the time of Christ. God, for the first time, is not only God with us, he is now God in us. And that spirit can transform any individual who is touched by its all-consuming power. Do you believe that? Do you still believe that the Holy Spirit can change anyone? I, I don't know that the church does. I, I'll be honest, I don't. How many conversations have you overheard or had with people where that group of people, that type of person, that religion of person, there's no hope for them? There's not? The, the Holy Spirit cannot change the hearts and lives and minds of those people? If that's the Holy Spirit you believe in, you're in the wrong place because he can change any heart, including ours. 
He can change any life, including ours, and he can change any church, including ours, if we let him. For believers, our past is supposed to be gone. <laughs> Jesus came to bring us new life and life to the fullest, but we cling to our past. If you're still seeking, man, if you're still seeking, there's an opportunity out there for you to be a part of something incredible, to live a life of no regrets, to live a life of complete and absolute freedom in the presence of Christ and the Spirit within you. A life where your past mistakes, your sins are long forgotten by your Creator. And a life of freedom awaits you. So now is the time to stop flirting with God's power with God's enriching freedom and his freeing spirit and simply allow the Holy Spirit, which came for the first time on this day so many years ago, to take your life over. The invitation via Pentecost, let's be really honest. The disciples were all in that room together. The spirit descended upon them and they were jacked up. They walked out of that place like, whoa! And they couldn't wait to share it with everybody else. And all they were doing in that moment was inviting everybody else to come and join the party. Let's go. Let's do this thing. You guys have, you don't have a clue. Wait till you experience this thing. Is that the way you think about your faith? Do you think of your faith as something to share with someone? You got to get in here. You got to be a part of this with me. Does anybody think of their faith that way anymore? No. It's this private, personal thing between you and God. No, it's not. And James has told us throughout his words, if that's your belief of faith, then he would say, you don't have any. Ouch. Yeah, he kicks us right in the rear end, doesn't he? Because he knows. Because he knows the spirit. Oh my goodness, come and join the party. Come and join the family. Come experience this with this. It is freeing. It is powerful. It is all that you need in this life. Apply it to your life. Quit beating yourself up. Let the past go away. And join this new life that Jesus has to offer. Church, God doesn't care how many times you've messed up, how many times I've messed up, how many times we have a church has messed up. He doesn't care about any of that. He cares about this moment moving forward. That's it. That's it. That's why he came. He wants to know who we are right now. He wants to know that we are seeking him with all of our hearts and all of our lives right now. He wants to know that we are willing to follow his lead. This was a bold step for us. He wants to know, are you going to trust me again? Are you going to trust me again? Are you going to trust me next week? Are you going to trust me tomorrow? Are you going to trust me this afternoon? I'm going to keep putting it out there. He wants to know, are we willing to follow? Are we willing to preach his word and be faithful to his call? And answer that same call that he gave the disciples from the Holy Spirit to come and dwell us so that we may be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We must go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in two weeks, we'll have a brand newly coated, brand new, no water stuff floating in it, baptistry, ready to go to begin ushering people into those waters to join us in the Spirit. Yeah. Comedy. Sometimes the key to the baptistry is hard to find. Anyway, got to put it on. They got to be safe. Got to be safe. Ah, man, Pentecost. Pentecost. It was a new experience. That day was a brand new experience in God. Maybe today, 
It can be a brand new experience for you in your relationship with God. That's our hope. That's our prayer. Sometimes, many times, let's be honest, if right now, if the church doesn't rethink and redo the way that we do things, the way that we reach out, the way that we show love to people, how much longer will the church exist? Oh yes, churches will reexist. Those that are doing that and figuring it out, God will continue to bless them. But if we are unwilling to change, if we are unwilling to figure out every possible conceivable way to reach out to others for Christ, then how much more time will God give us as a body of Christ? Sometimes we get caught up in things because it's just the way we've always done them or it's just the comfortable way to do it. Maybe God's calling us to do something greater. Maybe God's calling us to open the door to new possibilities that he's opening up right in front of us. Maybe we're not supposed to meet in this building all the time. Maybe we're supposed to take it on the road. Who knows? Who knows what God wants us to do? I ask you. Pentecost was a new experience for those people. Is it new for you? Maybe our prayer should truly be, Lord God, Lord God, just like Pentecost, will you come and indwell us? Lord God, will you do it again? Do you think if we genuinely prayed that prayer, that there's any way God would not honor that request? Oh, you want me to really show up? (laughs) Game on. Let's go. I'm in. Can you handle it? (laughs) Oh, that's the question, can we? Are you really opening? Are you really open to doing what God wants us to do? Are you really okay with that? Are you really okay with doing whatever it is only in the name of the kingdom of God? Are you really opening your mind to new ways of thinking? Are you really opening your hearts to new ways of worshiping? Maybe a new lifestyle? living more like Christ? Are you really willing to do that? Because if you are, it's a little scary. When that Holy Spirit shows up in your life, it's a little scary. When God tells you, hey, I don't really want you to be a teacher anymore. I want you to abandon all of that and all the securities of that and the tenure you have and your insurance and everything else. And I kind of want you to be a youth minister. That's scary. But not really. Because if the Spirit's in you, are like, God, that scares me to death. But okay, (laughs) I'm game. Let's go. Are you scared just a little bit about what it means to be spirit-filled? I hope so. Because if you are, it means you're thinking about it. The last thing I'll leave you with is this. When we get full of ourselves, we get empty of God. When we get full of ourselves as Christians or as believers, and we leave God behind. When we get full of ourselves as a church, we get empty of his spirit. It's time to empty ourselves and allow the spirit to refill us completely. Man, what a beautiful day. What a beautiful day. And I know we're outside and I know it's a little weird and I think it's awesome. Way better than those sunrise services. Remember those for Easter back in the day? Anybody ever have one of those? Woo! Yeah, especially after daylight savings happened. It's dark, it's crazy. Allow the Spirit to move in you today. I'm going to pray as the the worship team comes back up, and then we'll go right into a time of communion. Um, We have them sitting over here. We've just got the little 
pre-made cups for everybody. So you can, somebody from your family, just send them over and grab them for your family. Um, if you want somebody to deliver, just raise your hand. I'll come deliver it to you. I'm, I'm pretty clean, sanitary, healthy. But we don't want to miss this moment. So if you would, as you, if you're able, as you get that and you go back to your seat and we worship, go ahead and remain standing. And allow the Spirit to move through you and in you. He might do something insane like move your hand into the air. I know, it's crazy. We don't do that here, right? Yeah. He might do something crazy like have you shout something out in response to the Spirit moving inside of you. But open yourself up for that Spirit to come. Don't miss this moment. I'm going to pray and then uh, we'll have you get those emblems. Father God, what a blessing today is. Oh my goodness. There was a moment of fear in my mind and others as we put the date on the calendar and said, God, this is the date you want us to go. Okay. I refused to even look at the weather this week because I was hoping in your promise that you would provide and man, did you ever. Can this be a simple, a simple example to all of us that you are our provider. When we put our faith and hope and trust in you, Father, this is what happens. This is what happens. Will we all do that? Will we as a church do that moving forward? And Father, if there's anybody here today that has never accepted the gift of the Spirit into their life yet, the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy of your Son, then we pray today is the day that they accept that. And that invitation is wide open for them to come forward and join us and to begin that journey together. And Father, as we grab these emblems and we remember the sacrifice you made that allowed this day to happen that had to happen before your spirit could ever descend on this place you had to go to that cross you had to die you had to take our sin and guilt and shame with you and father three days later you had to come back to make all of this possible father we love you it's in jesus name we pray amen thank you guys for coming this morning. Man, what a beautiful day. Uh, so grateful. A um, couple things. Uh, we did bring out one of the, the offering towers, so that's out of here, but you guys have been doing a great job of, of uh, however you've been contributing. Thank you so, so much. We're excited to hit the ground running with things. Uh, we got some exciting things hopefully in store here very soon uh, around the church, and uh, you'll see a few of those next week when you rejoin us. A reminder for next week, um, and, and we're serious about this. Uh, we are setting up a remote location, if you will, in the building. So that back classroom, that back door that most of you never even go in or probably didn't even realize was there. Um, that's the door that you'll go in. And the only people that you'll have contact with are other people in that room. Um, and we'll kind of separate people out. And if we've got more than our sufficient in there. We'll overflow into the prayer room beside it. We can set up another TV in there. I've got so many splitters and cables. You wouldn't believe everything I bought in this uh, in this three months trying to get things to work. And so uh, we'll set that up because we want people to be able to come and be together. But if they need that separation from the general population, we want to honor that. So they can park right here on this side of the church or on the, the west side and go right in that door. And uh, so just, just know that that is available. And if you would like to utilize that, please, please, please just email the church office and let us know. I know I got a couple folks have already told me, just let us know. Uh, we want, we're going to have that ready whether you're coming or not. So we want it there and we would love for you to join us. All right, we really would. 10 a.m. next Sunday. Uh, kids, you'll be upstairs. Like I said, we're going to do some special things in the service for them um, specifically and we're excited about that as well. I think that was the only thing I needed to remember to do. Um, I wanted to let you know, uh, we do need some help doing some things 
around here. And so we got some little projects and some big projects. The, the, uh, we got stopped because of weather on the overhang last winter. And we've yet to be able to get a big enough group back together. We are ready to put the, the, the ceiling trusses across and put the roof on. That's what's left. And so if you, could, if you could help out with that. This guy over here, where's Jerry? Jerry Dilly, standing back here with his hand up. That's the guy. Talk to him. Um, because uh, he's the guy uh, that can get you in touch with the right people to help put those boards up and get that finished so we're ready to go as soon as physically possible. There's little things. These picnic tables are 150 years old, probably something like that. Anyway, um, they need to sand it down and repaint it. That's it. They're great shape. They just need a little sanding, a little paint, a little TLC. Um, little things like that around here. Man, we need some people to, to rise up and do that. So if you got some time um, of an evening and you want to come do that, please, please do it. I've asked Don uh, to close us in prayer today because I know today meant a lot to him. And so I will allow him to do that. Here you are, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It is good to see everyone here. I thank you for your faithfulness and welcome home. It is a great thing that God's given us this day. It's a beautiful day. I, I told Chris and Carl earlier this week, I said, it's going to be all right. <laughs> We're going sunshine, blue skies. And it's, of course, I'm, I didn't uh, really know that it would be that way, but God, <laughs> God heard my prayers, of course. <laughs> He's in control, not Don. Let's, let's bow, stand and bow. Uh, we're going to close in prayer. Father, I, uh, I'm grateful uh, for those, these folks that are here, my brothers and sisters that have come faithfully, <clears throat> have been in the, in the home, bottled up, and sort of corralled around. And uh, I just thank you, Lord, for their efforts to come to seek you and your face. I thank you for Brother Chris's word this morning, the, the expounding upon what you said and what we need to hear. And uh, we need to follow you, Lord, nothing else. Uh, we bow our knees to you, Father. Hold our hands out to you that you might guide and direct us this week. May we grow as a congregation, not just numbers, but in our hearts, Lord. May we pay attention to what God's saying to us in these moments. We just thank you once again, and I ask a blessing upon all of those who are here and those who aren't able to be here, Father. And I ask to thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we ask it. Amen. Amen.